0: the news this week has been incredibly dark how can we even begin to put into words the suffering that we have seen thousands dead over one million refugees countless homes and businesses destroyed cities besieged And I'm sure I'm not the only one here who has been deeply affected by the scenes that we have witnessed from Ukraine. I found myself in tears as I watched a father cradle his teenage son in hospital. I found myself wrestling with anger all week. I've been enraged by the wickedness that is being enacted on poor, innocent people. I have felt guilty about being able to do so little to help we're so fortunate in this country we cannot even begin to imagine what the Ukrainian people are experiencing yet even here the darkness envelops us we sense the weight of pure evil that said there have been moments of light Moments of real humanity and love that have pierced right through. The beautiful music of the piano player performing in bomb shelters, trying to keep the people's spirits high. The elderly man who knelt down in front of a Russian tank, blocking its path. The heroism of Western journalists who have chosen to remain in Kyiv to make sure truth continues to be reported. And then there was the other moment that I cried watching the news this week. I hope some of you saw the astonishing scenes at the German rail station, where ordinary families turned up holding placards, offering space in their homes for refugees. Complete strangers now have a place of warmth and safety, food and friendship because of the kindness of the German public. And these acts have been like lights shining in the darkness. They have brought hope and relief to all that witnessed them. Yet they have also done something else. They have exposed the evil of the invasion for what it is. The beauty of the piano music has exposed the senseless violence of whistling rockets and booming explosions. The sacrifice of the man who knelt down in front of the tank has exposed the brutality of the jackboot. The courage of the journalists and the quest to report truth has exposed the lies of the Russian state media. (laughs) And the incredible compassion of the German people has exposed the arrogant selfishness of Putin's schemes. We are in no doubt, light shines in the darkness. Light exposes the darkness for what it is and it demonstrates a far better way. Light brings hope and judgment in equal measure and this last week we have craved the light and we have been reminded of the requirement for us all to live within it we must play our part in helping light to shine and standing against those who seek to put it out In our reading through the letter of Ephesians, we have reached the section where Paul is calling on his readers to respond to what God has done for us. Over recent weeks, we've heard some incredibly good news. Before the creation of the world, God chose us. He, he wanted a people he could lavish his love and affection upon. While we were dead in our sin, God sent his son Jesus to rescue and forgive us by laying his life down on the cross. And as we come to faith in God, God fills us with his spirit, so we are never alone. We are drawn into his worldwide family and promised eternal glory. This is the gospel, this is the good news of our faith. We don't deserve it, we could never do anything to earn it but we are to respond to it and Paul's major plea to his readers is this if through Jesus the holy God has wiped away all the sin in our lives and made us righteous again in his sight the response that he wants most of all from us is to now try and live a holy life Gratitude should lead us to purity in Jesus Christ the light of God has shone into the darkness of our lives and now we are to live in the light in such a way that we reflect it on and out for more people to see and benefit from sadly though holiness gets a bit of a bad rap in our world to try and be holy is often seen by those outside as a negative thing. We're seen as fundamentalist or hardliners. We're seen as restricting life rather than enabling it. And this is nothing new. The, the churches of Asia Minor in Paul's day face similar accusations. Why should Christians be holy when they could just join in with the crowds and have fun? and Paul understood the pressure that his new converts were under so in this part of his letter to them he goes on to explain the benefits of holy living in fact he gives them three compelling reasons as to why they are to behave as children of the light the first reason that Paul gives for holy living is a stern one Judgment waits for those who are impure. God's wrath will come on those living in darkness. Listen to these words from verses 5 to 7. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure or greedy person has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not... Be partners with them. Now let's make sure we know what Paul is saying here. <laughs> Paul is not saying that if we as Christians uh, commit one immoral act or, or think one impure thought that somehow we're instantly disqualified from heaven. That, that's not right at all. God's forgiveness is always available to us. But what he is saying is, is that if we give ourselves over long term and without shame to a dark way of life, we will experience the consequences. Let's also be clear on what Paul means by God's wrath coming on the disobedient. Paul is not just thinking about the punishment that will come at the end of the age when the Lord Jesus Christ returns to this earth. On that day we will all be brought before the judgment seat of God and held to account. And and those without faith will be lost. All of that is true and, and that is a fate that we should all want to avoid. But Paul is also trying to communicate something else. Because Paul doesn't believe that the wrath of God is just stored up for some future day. Paul knows that we can experience the wrath of God in the present and this is because God has inbuilt justice and judgment into the very fabric of his creation and what I mean by that is that there are certain ways of behaving in our world that will always in the end reap disaster If we constantly lie, we will get found out. If we're constantly angry and bitter, unforgiveness will eat us up on the inside. If we engage in sexual immorality, it will destroy our most precious relationships. If we gossip about others, they will gossip about us. If we use violence towards others, they will use violence towards us. God has made a world where we reap what we sow. Sin always has consequences. And we might not always see them at first. We might think we've got away with it. But the consequences will come. This is how the wrath of God works. So quite simply, Paul's opening plea for holy living is this. Live a pure life. So you don't have to endure the judgment of a just and holy God. Stay clear of evil. Remove yourself from sources of darkness so you don't go down with them. Because the good God is working to remove these things from his world. And Putin and his cronies will do well to read this scripture because they will not escape God's wrath. In this age or the next, judgment will come. The second reason Paul gives for holy living is much more positive. Holy living pleases God. He receives it as worship. Paul reminds his readers in verses 8 to 10 of the journey that they've been on at one point we were living in darkness our lives were consumed by sin we were heading for death yet God shone his light into our lives by sending Jesus to save us Jesus is the light of the world and his cross and his resurrection bring us lasting hope and as followers of Christ we are now to live as children of light we are to try and act with the same goodness and righteousness and truth That we see in Jesus on every page of the Gospels and Paul gives us a beautiful reason for this he says explicitly in verse 10 that behaving in this way brings pleasure to God if we really love someone be it our spouse or our children or our close friends The one thing we will want most of all is to bring joy and pleasure to them we will want them to feel good because we care deeply about them equally if a loved one blesses us or makes our day instantly we start to look for ways to return the favor and the same is true in our relationship with God Of course we can never return all of the blessing that he has poured on us we will always be in God's debt but if we really love the Lord our natural desire will be that we want to please him that's what worship is all about we believe that God is worthy so we give him our best be it in song or in the offering basket or in the way we conduct our lives Parents are pleased when they see their children acting and behaving in the ways that they've instructed them to and so it is with god our god is holy searingly perfectly holy and he is delighted when he sees us trying to live a holy life if we live as children of light it pleases god he receives that As worship and there is no higher reason for good attitudes and behavior than that yet there is one more reason that Paul wants to give for holy living as well as worshiping God Paul believes that holy living contributes to his mission in the world Our God is on a quest of justice. He's on a a quest of redemption. He is trying to clean up his world. He is trying to remove sin and repair the damage that has been done by it. And one day his purposes will be complete. Well, Paul says holy living contributes to that process. And this is what Paul means in verses 11 and 13 where he wrote these words have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light and this takes us back to those opening illustrations from Ukraine the kindness and heroism of ordinary people exposes the evil and brutality of the invasion it reveals wickedness for what it truly is it's a bit like those le- those lights that dentists use you know the ones that dentists shine them into your mouth so it reveals the areas of our teeth that need saving and repairing and the damage is revealed to the dentist as a shadow And the new testament regularly calls us to live holy and godly lives so they expose the sin and the evil in the world people are to look at us and see a difference they are to see something that they don't have they're to see their need for jesus and jesus himself in his great sermon on the mount put it this way when he called us to live a holy life he said you are the light of the world let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven and this really is an important part of god's plan god wants us to shine like lights in the world and we do this by living a holy life as close to jesus's life as we can get it and as we do that people will see us and they will want to know more and and that will give us a chance to talk about the gospel and as they respond to the gospel and they give glory to God, the kingdom grows and Paul wants to impress upon us the urgency of this he says we're to wake up, rise from the dead, Christ will shine on us and what he means by that is that we're to leave behind the the old dominion of darkness and death that we used to live in and really start to shine for the benefit of the world God raised Jesus from the dead and he can turn our lives around to a similar extent. Holy living is part of God's mission for his people. So holy living helps us to avoid judgment, it worships God and it extends God's mission in the world. Three great reasons to live as children of light. But I wonder how you're feeling as you listen to this. If you're anything like me, there's a danger that this can all start to sound a little bit difficult. In fact, if we're truly honest, we know that holy living is hard. It's really hard. We live in a world of so many temptations, so many distractions. We're surrounded by people who are constantly trying to discourage us and lead us down different paths and we also feel pressured by the urgency of all of this so many of our neighbors and our friends don't know Jesus and he may come back at any moment even here in verse 16 Paul says we have to make the most of every opportunity which of course implies we don't know how many more opportunities are left And so amongst all the temptation and amongst the urgency, this call to live as children of light can sound really hard and and we kind of want to turn the page and look at another chapter. But fortunately Paul understands this. And in the final section of our passage he tries to give us some wise advice wise advice that will make this holy living a real possibility rather than an impossible dream and in the final four verses paul gives us two wise instructions and they are as follows the first is this don't get drunk now, those of us who like a drink maybe sit here thinking to ourselves, well, what's that got to do with anything? <laughs> but when you stop and think about it, this is simple common sense. When we get drunk, we lose control. When we get drunk, we lose our right mind and we come under the influence of alcohol. And for this reason, when we are drunk, we do things that we would never even consider doing. when we are sober. It is when we are drunk that we are most likely to lie and fight and engage in immoral sexual practices In other words, it's when we are drunk that the light of our life is most likely to go out And Paul says this is to be avoided Instead we are to live our lives under the influence of another power not the intoxicating spirit of alcohol but the life-giving Holy Spirit of God If we're going to live a holy life, we need to seek the Spirit. We need to invite the Spirit to fill up our lives. And with the Spirit at work in our heart, we don't lose control. We gain it. The Spirit guides us through our conscience and helps us to to mold our thoughts and our words and our actions into Christ-like thoughts and words and actions. The Spirit guides us into right living. The Spirit gives us the power to keep our light shining. The Spirit raises up opportunities for us to share the gospel and helps us to take them. And so truly, if we want to live a holy life for God in this world, we need to stop getting drunk and instead fill ourselves up with the Spirit. To pull its common sense. The second piece of advice that Paul gives in verses 19 and 20 may be equally surprising. Paul says, we are to sing. (laughs) What on earth is that about? Well, let's have a look at what Paul instructs us to sing. He says, we are to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. By singing psalms, we're grounding ourselves in scripture. Whatever place we're in, whether we're lamenting or we're praising, whether we're in a place of victory or defeat, the psalms help us to draw on the truth of God. By singing hymns, we are are choosing to celebrate what Christ has done and who he is. By singing songs inspired by the Spirit, we are allowing our enthusiasm for God to grow and to grow. Have you ever wondered why Christians sing so much? It's not purely for decoration. It's not some optional extra. Paul really believes it's one of the ways we practice our faith. Because songs really help us to stand firm in a difficult world. There are songs of defiance that help us to stand up to evil and fill our hearts with hope. There are songs that teach us, that shape our hearts and our minds to become like Jesus. There are are songs of worship that as we we thank God, they act as a witness to those who hear those songs. And Paul believes that Christians will come under attack in this world and, and Christians will be constantly tempted away from holy living. And the act of singing builds up our faith. And encourages us to rely on the presence of God. And as we sing together, it binds us as a church. A reminder that we're not called to holy lives in isolation. We are children of light together. And we are to encourage each other in our walks. We've covered a lot of ground in this sermon Paul's writing here is pretty dense. But let me just summarize. In those opening examples from Ukraine, we could see unmistakably the difference between light and dark. And we saw how much our world needs light to shine. As believers, we have come to know the light of the world. In Jesus, we have a light that will never be put out. And we want others to discover that light for themselves. And we help in that process by living a holy life. We may come under pressure at times. It is hard to live a holy life. But Paul urges us to see that there is nothing more important. It's our worship and it's our part in God's mission. We're to give our all to shine for him and to help one another in this task.